Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, or are you Miranda? <laughs> I'm Miranda. Hey, guys. What's <laughs> up, everybody? <laughs> on, on this week's pod, it's the fifth entry of our series of best of lists, four for foray. From under our rain-soaked umbrellas, especially this week, these are our favorite songs of spring. First off, what's new? What's on your mind, Amy? Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a moment to talk about Harry Belafonte, um, who recently passed away. And in Harlem, there's a beautiful tribute to him. It's like a a couple of photos of him with his name. Um, And then it says, remembering a son of Harlem and a giant. Um, And it's touching to me. It's very cool to see um just like a community honoring an artist like that where some place where everybody can see it who walks by um yeah and i think it just speaks to the vastness of his influence and um career and like who he was as a person which leads me to another thing i saw which was um christian mcbride's tribute to him on instagram Um, And he said something in his caption that I really needed to hear. Um, He he did like a long caption about um, just Harry Belafonte's career and who he was as a human and um, sort of like Christian's perspective of like working with him and and knowing him. And then at the end, he said, um, Harry Belafonte simply did what he believed in. We could all stand a little more humility in these notice me times. Um, Just do what's right. Be as great as you can possibly be. And you will touch people like Harry Belafonte. And I really needed to hear that because I liked that he called the the labeling of these times as notice me. Um, I really felt like that calmed me in terms of like pointing out things that I see on social media and in the worlds around me um and just like the reminder to just like keep doing your thing was cool so that's what's on my mind yeah harry Harry belafonte so i looked this up um so he died april 25th which is about a week ago maybe less i guess right and he was uh he was 96 okay that's That's what i thought yeah Famous, like, again, yeah, the you mentioned earlier the Deo song, like the Daylight Come and Me Won't Go Home. Yes. I grew up, that was my, sort of my um, little piece of Harry Belafonte hmm. was my dad would play that song and we'd all kind of like dance. Come, Mr. No, 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 no. It's really, really killing. It was interesting, too, to revisit it. Like in my college years, I, I kind of like rediscovered it. And I was like, oh, this is killing. <laughs> so a great scene in uh, Beetlejuice. That, I don't know if you've seen Beetlejuice. No, I haven't. There's a great scene where they like, um, where they uh, kind of like haunt the the new people that take over their house. I'm not going to explain the, the <laughs> plot of Beetlejuice to everybody right now, but um, they kind of like, poltergeist like take over them and they all sing that song 
and they oh also like dancing around like their bodies are controlled by the ghosts and they like are oh i love it it's wow. so cool i'll send you a link okay <laughs> all tonight we've been like i'll send you a link yeah. of the video. yeah yeah we're like we gotta show you this <laughs> yeah. trying to think of my like first memories of harry belafonte and i think it's simply like I think I don't even remember because he's always just like been there because it was yeah. like, but it was like always duo like Henry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. So I always remember that I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I want a friendship like that, you know? But, yeah. Christian yeah. mentioned, um, how do you say his last name? Sidney Poitier. Yeah, in the caption too. Yeah, they both had like crazy careers, like just being the actors that they are during the time that they were actors being like a musical artist for Harry and also being like phil- um, philanthropists. Is that the right word? Yeah. Ambassadors of peace. Um, activists, whatever. Not whatever. But they were great. Yeah. Yes. Belafonte had an EGOT, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. That's, right? yeah. People. That's crazy. Very cool. I mean... Yeah, a giant. Mm-hmm. A handsome one at that. <gasps> Who, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'll change gears a little bit, if that's okay. Yes. So, um, I just wanted to – the thing I was thinking about this week, one of the things was this uh, – from our newsletter last week. So we didn't, we didn't do a, a podcast last week because we did our very first book club meeting for 4 Music, which was very cool. Uh, we read The Creative Way by Rick Rubin, um, and we met on on Instagram Live, and it was very cool. So thank you to everybody who showed up and hung out with us and left comments. We're still trying to figure out what the next book is going to be, um, but we'll let you know what that's going to be very soon. But last week we did a newsletter, but not a podcast, so I thought I'd just take this little this little bit of time to talk about <laughs> my A from from last week. And... Um, it was on creativity. There's this new book that uh, came out or is coming out soon called The Cult of Creativity. And there was a New Yorker article about it. And basically the article talks about and the book kind of talks about how this con- the concept of creativity was was invented in like Cold War America, like mm-hmm. uh, after kind of World War II in response to cultural and commercial demands of the era. And um, I think like I always thought of the word creativity as like a very art, like artsy sort of word, like like it came from artists, but it actually kind of comes from from capitalism, from from like enterprise, and so and so it's kind of interesting. So the and and it's kind of talked about at first as like um, as a personal attribute or a mental faculty that like an employee might have. You know, like, why should you hire this person or why should you hire me? Because I'm a creative thinker. And it wow. wasn't like, you know, Picasso or whatever, like really thinking about really being thought about this way. So one of the quotes from uh, from the author Samuel Franklin from this book says, the star of this new Silicon Valley economy was the hip freelancer or the independent studio artist rather than the unionized musician or actor who had been at the heart of the cultural industries. Um, in Franklin's view... It's perfectly natural since creativity was an economic, not aesthetic notion to begin with. The concept of creativity never actually existed outside of capitalism. Hmm. Hmm. Um, 
Wow. So it's just it's just kind of interesting because everything we've um, everything we've been talking about, like a, a lot of the books that we're talking about reading, or the book we just kind of read was talking about creativity a lot, and um, there's just been a lot of talk about like, is everybody can everybody be creative, or is everybody creative, or you know, how do we actually define that, and um, and like it feels like a thing that's measured or something, which like feels very weird. Like how can we measure how creative someone is or how creative an idea is? And it's like, it all, that all feels like very weird to me. I don't really think about it that way. I don't really, I don't even know if I like think of myself. I don't, I don't know if I've independently thought of myself as creative. Wow. Um, that's well, interesting. Cause you fully, I would put you in near the top of my <laughs> list of creative people. Like actually. Like I, 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 um, I have like ideas. I like make stuff, but like, it's, yeah. it's interesting if someone's like, are you creative? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like that feels like a weird, <laughs> I don't know if I'd put it on my resume, although it is on my resume because um, when I worked at Apple at first, I was, I was a creative. That was like one, oh, that wow. was like my job title. So it was, you know, there's like geniuses. There's like the genius bar at yeah. Apple store. And then creatives were like the teachers. So we like taught oh. classes and workshops and stuff. So it's just kind of, but it's interesting what, that we were called creatives, you know, when my, we, we were teachers. Can I tell you something? My dad doesn't like that they call them geniuses. Yeah. At the Apple store. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Geniuses. Yeah. It's all, nah. it's like all marketing and it's all, yeah. it's all like corporate-y marketing stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So the it's resume just, thing is interesting to me. Like I was last night, I was playing around with um like whistle tone, <laughs> but I but I would you never, put that on your resume. No, I would never because I don't feel comfortable whipping it out. You know, like I I no, I'm serious. Like it's just interesting what you end up feeling comfortable enough to put to say you can do because I think yeah. like a lot of people can do a lot of things and they just don't feel comfortable saying like backing themselves up with it. I think it. some people, not all people, not some all people, people can really tell you what they can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, dang. You're like, can you? You really, that's cool. I wish I had that audacity. The gall. Audacity. Yeah. The gall. I like the, the, gall. the gall, the audacity. I wish I had more of that. Same. Charlie, um, you are very creative though. Well, thanks. Um, you're hired. The uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. But the, um, <laughs> I don't know if I made that clear. But the, I don't know how to respond to that. Okay, uh, uh, Alexandra, what's on your mind this week? So this week, this past week, when did this thing happen? Last week, um, my dear friend Marcus Grant had kind of. In like Marcus Grant fashion, wanted to do like this big thing for his master's recital. He's getting his PhD at Brown. And so this wasn't like a typical master's recital where you like put up a poster. He like sent in a proposal and like got funds from Brown to bring all of his friends to play this like big show. Um, and it was um, his thesis is surrounding black protest music, and uh, specifically like the a woman's role in it and so he is researching the music of nina simone and abby lincoln and of course wow. i had to do like abby are you kidding me like i i'm in love with her Aww. anyways <clears throat> uh and so 
we got together and it was sold out first off who's coming to like what are you kidding at like in providence rhode island like people are coming to see the music of nina simone and abby lincoln what um but it was very much fun um it had des banister singing i sobbed i fully sobbed like a lot and then leland baker um geraldo marshall he had these people on like this like electronic situation so like it was live voice processing on like me and Dez's mic but also like marcus's drums and so it would be like this cool like sound you know happening just like kind of like adding to the effect of like protests during that time and all this stuff um but i very much enjoyed I don't know, all of it. It's how I daily wanted to function in a group, like being a flute player and like a vocalist and doing it all for, you can tell everyone was there for something greater than themselves. So like everyone was in it. I don't know. That was very selfish um, sharing, but that was great. That was like oh, one of the best my God. musical experiences I have experienced. I sobbed so much. And then there was a Q&A afterward. That was really fun. So that we could talk about the whole process, what emotions we went through. Like a talk back? Yeah. Because I feel like for this show, like you couldn't just show up and play the music. Mm. Like you really had to do your research. You really had to be in the music. You had to know what was happening at the time. You had to know why they created this music in order to really give the music its due diligence. You know how some, some hits you can show up and you can just like, yeah, I learned the music. But this one you had to like do research. That makes sense. It yeah. does make sense. And I think we should ban the word selfish from Alexandria's <laughs> vocabulary, except when she's talking about others. <laughs> anyway. Like you cannot say I am correct. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was, it was that great. sounds amazing. I wish I could have been there. I did see some Instagram stories. It's yeah, it looks great. It looked yeah. Very challenging. When's the record coming out? That's what we're saying. That's what people are saying. Yeah, we, saying that. Yeah, about the, the Nina and Abby project, not you know. About, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speaking of S words, I'm going to transition <laughs> real quick. Speaking of S words, it's spring out there, friends. I don't know. I don't dun, know if dun, you've dun, been dun, outside. Dun. It's been raining. Depending on where you are. In Wisconsin, it's snowing right now. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Here in New England. It did uh, feels like spring. It's been raining. We got flowers. The tulips are popping. They are. And we thought this was a great time to maybe do another four for four ray list. So let's hop into the list. Yeah, so let's let's start start the list. We're yeah. gonna do kind of a round robin situation because that's the time of the year. There's a crocus and there's a robin on the wing, and the birds are coming back and all that kind of stuff. See, look at all these, look at all these connections I'm making to the season. It's You're doing a great job. Uh, so we're gonna start with Alexandria, and mm-hmm. uh, we're we've each chosen our our four favorite songs of spring, and we're gonna we're gonna just kind of go round robin through these. So let's start with you, Alexandria. What's your first song? Woohoo! I don't even know if my first song is about spring, but it reminds me of spring. It's a good it's... start. <laughs> <laughs> but it's from the 
I think it's the opera Thais meditation written by Jules Massenet. It's the la, 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 la. anyways, mm. I'm obsessed with the song. Um it reminds me of spring. If like, you know, if you you hear the like birds chirping in the back, like there no actual birds chirping, but you know, you hear the you know. Um, so whenever I hear this song, I think of like it's like not quite it's like a little bit past dawn so it's like maybe 7 15 and like do you see the little the little uh, monarch butterflies or wherever you're from whatever butterflies and you hear the birds and then you see the little you know everything's pollinating and i don't know that's whatever i think about when i hear this song specifically the ishchok perlman version if you don't know who ishchok perlman is you should get to listen to this man's violin playing because it's otherworldly and he makes it really sing and this is the only song i like to play on flute it is i'm not lying but i'm kind of lying but i'm not at the same time so listen to this (laughs) song and what's how do you say this song how do you say the title of this it's from thais yeah it's meditation cool uh, I th- I know what you're talking about. I haven't like listened to it on purpose. I feel like, it's like, <laughs> I, feel like I feel like this song is like popped up in like you know classical like classical like vibes or something. You know like <laughs> you know whatever that is. You should check um, it out, Charlie. I will. Well, I'm, I will. So I, I make. I'll. I'm. I'm gonna make a playlist with all this stuff, and then I'll. I'll share it on the. I'll share it as part of the newsletter too on Spotify. Okay. Yes. Uh, Amy, what's your first song? My first song is You Must Believe in Spring, which is written by Michael Legrand and Michelle. Oh, wow. Michelle. So, and <laughs> sorry, sorry, let's start. No, again. no, no. I can just take Should we just give that embarrassment to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just keep going. <laughs> Michelle. Michelle Legrand and does someone else want to say this name as well? Jacques Demi. Okay, perfect. So, it's for I think it's for a French movie. Movie, yeah. It's really good. That's movie. when it was originally written. Um, I lo- just love the melody of this song. Um, and one of the interesting things about some of these more um, s- like standard esque songs is I don't always associate them with a-, a particular version. Like in my brain, I they kind of stand alone in some ways. Like I'll remember a friend who sang it, or like my own lesson experience with the song like for this song that's what it is for me like learning how to sing it and like um how to navigate the melody in a way that didn't feel so so jumpy um because it's a very angular melody anyway I just love that spring and love are one in the same in this song um it's a lot of um commentary on spring but then at the end it brings love into the the picture and equates spring to love and says, well, if you believe in spring, then you have to believe in love, which I think is beautiful. Mm. Um, It's one of those songs that's like, I think you could take it both ways. It could be like a very, very, very sad song, or it can be a hopeful song too. Um, And I like the Bill Evans, Tony Bennett version very much. That's uh, that's me. What about you, Charlie? Uh, Oh, Wait. I was gonna say something about Bill Evans, Tony. Ben- okay, let's do it. No, I was just gonna say I like the um. Oh, now I forgot. But the oh no. The, 
but this this song the their version of this is i feel like it, it kind of is a partner to the um uh what's the where has the time all gone to oh well we'll catch up oh, some, other, some time. other time totally yeah. <laughs> i feel like these those two songs on that record are like um like for some reason like vibe wise or something they're like a they're like a cool kind of pairing very sad totally well very, it's also like the song's like oh wow <laughs> you should watch the movie this isn't it's okay like, i haven't seen it it's really good it, they play the song I, I kid you not maybe like 12 times oh wow in what movie uh I, oh. uh oh the movie that this is in oh the yeah. young girls of rochefort or something yeah. yeah it's fair it's like kind of like a silly like french movie but it's mm. really good oh very cool. Okay, so my my first song is an is another standard. It's uh, "Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most" by Tommy Wolf and Fran Landis Landisman. Um, so I did a little research on this. I didn't know this, but apparently they uh, they kind of like met on a gig at like the bar or something like that, and like kind of started up a friendship. And this song kind of came out of the friendship. I don't know if it's like friendship and also sort of like more of a love affair kind of a thing, but. Um, but the the title is actually kind of a take on the opening line of T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Ooh. April is the coolest month. Spring can really hang you up the most. Um, so, like, I love this song harmonically. There, if, in, if you play in the key of C, it, it does kind of like the C major 7 to, like, B flat major 7 sort of a thing. Yeah. Or, or um, like, that kind of emotion is, like, so cool. And the the introduction of the song is, is just really interesting harmonically, but it's like the lyrics really that kill that kills me. And I feel like everybody I play it for, I'll, I'll play this for students all the time. I'll be like, you could do this song. And, and they're kind of like, the chords are cool, but like those lyrics are like hit so hard. Yeah. Um, and I like, I literally could have, I could have like shared any of the lines of lyrics that kind of are all totally. strong, but yeah. Um, the the one that's like morning's kiss wakes trees and flowers and to them i'd like to drink a toast i walk in the park just to kill lonely hours spring can really hang you up the most oh, there's a line later so on that's like sing. that yeah <laughs> there's a line later on that's like college boys are writing sonnets and yeah. it's like uh i learned this when i was in college for the first time and i was just kind of like oh my god that's me i don't <laughs> know what a sonnet is but i'm doing it and i'm yeah um I think I knew what a sonnet is, but uh, the first actually version of this that I heard was Nora Jones. Oh wow! Because that was kind of one of my that was kind of one of my inroads to some of some of this music. Mm-hmm. Um, but Betty Carter has a great version, and Mark Murphy is kind of the version that I, I usually hear in my head when I hear this song. Although, like, um, it's kind of he's kind of interesting, but that way he ends the song is like basically how the song goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you listen to the end of it, like. That's how it, that's how it goes in my head. Like no matter what's written on the page or whatever, I always sing it the way he ends the song. But uh, but yeah, it's just like a, it's just a, it's just a gut wrencher of a of a of a song. And um, and yeah, it's it's about spring. I'm sad, <laughs> and how spring spring can bum me out. Um, Alexandria, what's your second song? My second song is dun, da, 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 The Rite of Spring, written by Igor Stravinsky. I don't even, this, 
song doesn't even really sound like spring anyways but (laughs) it's like the opposite of thais you know what i mean um so from the la phil they say in his handwritten version of the story stravinsky described the right as a musical choreographic work yeah it was a ballet cool thanks bro it represents pagan russia and is unified by a single idea the mystery and the great surge of the creative power of spring so i was like oh so like um i think stravinsky at the time uh, what i've read is that this ballet kind of revolutionized like modern 20th century classical music in the way that it was played like the harmonic movement the rhythmic movement like to even start off a tune with bassoon is just like kind of unheard of cool and that's technically also sorry to barge in but like that's technically written like outside the range of the bassoon yeah which is kind of it's like it's like i didn't know that it's like outside the textbook range of the bassoon, like that that part is written was kind of interesting. <laughs> and so wow. I was just like, oh, okay. Stravinsky was like really playing on this like mythical or this pagan Russian situation. And then so I I knew about the the piece just like being whatever in orchestra or something. And then I was like doing a paper freshman year of college and I was doing it on like how classical flute technique can be applied to jazz, applied to the jazz approach. And I came across this Hubert Laws album. If you don't know who Hubert Laws is, he's like this famous flute player who was like, you have to have a good flute tone on the flute to be called a flute player. Um, And so I believe Hubert Laws revolutionized jazz with his arrangement of the Rite of Spring. Um, and it was my first, I think it was my first encounter with like true third stream music, which is the fusion of jazz and classical music. Um, and he like did this whole more modern take on it. Like he had some of like similar elements, but there's like also this free section in there. And I was like, dang, this is so hip. Like, and so I was like, oh, thanks spring. Like for offering up your creative powers for Stravinsky and Hebrew laws even though it doesn't really sound like spring. <laughs> it's a very like, it's a very, yeah, like aggressive breaking, like things are, you know, things yeah. are sprouting out. And that <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a more of like spring is the way to like get out your creative juices and like start new and start fresh. Yeah, Here's, here's to revolutionizing the next few months of the year. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Amy, what's your second song? Up Jumped Spring. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you this is um this is written by uh freddie hubbard and i it's funny you talked about in uh spring can really hang you up the most the one flat seven movement because the what is it one in this tune i don't know if it's actually one but there's like a half step movement up jump spring time and that changed my songwriting honestly like those measures, it was just like the first time that I had really like kind of poured over something like that. And I just remember my brain going like, and then wanting to write like that. And and what the song that I'm working on now is like, that's like the backbone. The beginning of it is literally because of this song. Oh, wow. Anyway, but the song itself is um, amazing. I always like when there's songs that can stand 
as um, instrumental songs or just songs with no lyrics. Um, and then they also have these great lyrics. Like, I think it's really honestly special when they can do both of these things. Um, and Abby Lincoln sings my favorite version of the song. I just love that she is unapologetic as an artist. And I think it shows in this song. She just sings the snot out of that. And to me, it seems like she doesn't, it's not even really thinking. She's not like, do people like it? Oh, is this okay? Like she's <laughs> like just be being herself, which I think is the scariest thing to do, but probably the most important thing to do. So Abby Lincoln. Yes. Abby Lincoln. Um, Charlie? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> So my second song is another uh, song from the Great American Songbook um, about unrequited love or just like <laughs> vibes, being sad boy vibes in, or sad girl <laughs> vibes. Uh, Spring is Here by Rogers and Hart from the musical I Married an Angel, 1938. Wow. Um, yeah, the, you know, there's a lot of great versions of this song, but I don't know, it's, it ends so sad. Like this ending of the song is like so sad. You know, like a lot of these songs will be kind of like, they're kind of bummed out. And then by the end, they're just like, well, you know, whatever, we're going to move <laughs> on or like things are going to be fine tomorrow, you know? <laughs> but this song is just, this song ends just goes like, spring is here, I hear. <laughs> like, it just is like, <laughs> oh. you know, it's like, I'm just going to go die. I, you know, like, <laughs> like things are happening out there, whatever. It doesn't, you know, like I'm not really feeling it. Wow. Um, Nina Simone has a great version of this song, but I just want to shout out my boy, Peter Eldridge. Peter. Um, this is, I think, from his album Stranger in Town. Uh, no Stranger in Town or Stranger in Town. Let me look this up. Um, but he has just a like, great version. And this is his version of it is like the one that, again, like the first version I heard. Um, I've been a fan of him forever, but yeah, his, his 2000 album stranger in town. This is like the, this is like the first track off that. Mm. Um, and so I used to listen to this all the time. Like when I was, uh, when I was like going to go study with him at Manhattan school of music. And then when I started studying with him, I would just listen to his, like, I think he had two or three al like solo albums out at the time. And I would just listen to those like on repeat. I just like get pumped up to go to my lesson and stuff. I just like wanted to sing. Like I wanted to sound like him. So I've, I've, his version of this song is like very deeply ingrained in my head. Although this song has been uh, recorded by everybody, but it's definitely Peter Eldridge. Go check out Stran uh, Stranger in Town. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Another sad boy, great American songbook song. Amazing. Can't have enough of them. Can't, no. make, can't make enough sad, sad slow ballads. <laughs> um, Alexandria, what's your third song? Oh, man. Round three. I my third song is Don't Cry by Kirk Franklin. This is like off of his, I think it's like called The Rebirth of Kirk Franklin. And so I heard this every single Easter. And so it's ingrained into springtime. Like every single Easter, the church praise team was dance situation was happening. And every single Easter, I was definitely crying. Aww. So this why are we is all crying in spring? It's like that. Is it not rain? I'm not crying. It's just raining on my face. I think it makes so much sense. It's like 
It's like vulnerabilities back at it. Winter, we're all like, ice. <laughs> and then spring, we're like, oh, we were here the whole time. The first words of this song are, don't cry, wipe your eyes. Oh, it's like, come on. Which probably makes some people cry harder. Yeah. I was like, God dang, Kirk Franklin, just another banger. <laughs> it's okay. Every season, <laughs> the Kirk Franklin season. Right. Oh, and then yeah, like yeah. this, sorry, summer plug, love theory is like definitely a summer banger. Oh! Anyways, yeah, it is. spring banger, don't cry, Kirk Franklin. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> He's incredible. You, my third song is My One and Only Love, hmm. written by Guy Wood and Robert Mellon. Um, now I'm feeling weird about names. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Humbled. I... <laughs> Love this song. Um, the very first line, the very thought of you makes my heart sing like an April breeze on the wings of spring. Um, doesn't, yeah, doesn't I love you also have wings in there or something? I don't know. I'm getting confused. I, I thought, love you. Hums the April, the April breeze. breeze. So I clicked on I that one. Echo the hills. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so whatever. Wow, that could have been on my list too, but. Um, I love this, my one and only love this song because of the melody again. I like, um, I think it's interesting when songs have a big enough range of melody where you're kind of limited in what key you can sing it in um, if you want to sing it in a particular way. So this is one of those for me where it's kind of like it fits in like one or two keys. And then other than that, I'm like, nah, I don't know about it. Um, and I think that the I don't know if this makes any sense to anyone else, but there are some bridges that just make the last A feel so good when you sing it. Like when you come back to the familiar yeah. from like the departure of the bridge. Um, and for me, this song is one of those. And then I listed like literally a ton of versions. Maybe I should have not, but I couldn't pick. I, I think it's really cool when so many artists have their take on um, some of these standard songs. So I have written like Ella, Sarah, Coltrane, and uh, Johnny Hartman, Oscar Peterson. And then also Sting has a version. Okay, Sting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sting. So yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's me. Just hanging out with Sting. <laughs> that's me. Me and Sting. <laughs> and Miranda. Um, okay, I'm breaking away from I'm breaking my list away from jazz a little bit in round three, and so I'm doing some Simon and Garfunkel. April she will come, mm. 1966. Um, I kind of wrote I wrote that almost every Simon and Garfunkel song kind of feel like a spring kind of vibe to me or something. It's just like something about like acoustic guitar and the blah 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 and and like the two two people singing harmonies and stuff. It's like spring summery kind of vibes, but just like. I just imagine the two of them mostly kind of Paul Simon. Cause I don't know if, I don't know like how fun of a hang art Garfunkel was. I don't know. I just don't <laughs> get the, I get, I get the vibe. He's kind of stay. He's kind of calling it an early night, you know, <laughs> it's, like, <"Good> night. <laughs> it's like, I gotta go guys. My mom, <laughs> my mom said I gotta be home, but you know, just Paul Simon is like running around kind of like New York city and, and just kind of getting into kind of trouble as a teenager and stuff. It's just like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what their music kind of reminds me of or kind of makes me makes me vibe with. But this song is like kind of epic because it it goes through the months from April to September. And it's kind of like it's like April, she will come. 
And then like May, we kind of like fall in love. And then like June, like she's going to hang out, I guess. And then it's like July. It's like, no, I don't, I think she's going to leave. And then it's like August, it's like, she's kind of gone. And then it's like September, she's dead. (laughs) It's like, it's like very, it's like very intense. So I don't know. I, you know, like it could, she, you know, she in the, she in this, in the song could be anything, you know, it could be like a flower on the windowsill or something, or it could be. You know, it could be the nice weather or it could be a tree or something. It could be all these different kinds of things. Like, But this song, unlike some of the other things from this Paul Simon or the Simon Garfunkel album and, and from this period is like very much just like a poem, um, a little poem. And it's, it's just really pretty. And it's kind of like, it just kind of is simple and raw and kind of beautiful. And yeah, I really dig this song. It's kind of like a little hidden gem from uh from their thing as like i was like oh this has to be on it's because one of my favorites i'm like oh it has to be on all the greatest hits albums and it's like not on any of them and i feel like really upset about it and i want to write someone a letter but i think i don't know who to write a letter to but uh but yeah i love this song um that's so that's me i guess that's how we're ending all of the is it okay if you like do it we can hear it in the mics you're good, you're good. Oh, you're good. We muted, so. Okay. Are we good to go on to the next one? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, Alexandria, what's what's round, starting off round four, what's what's round four for you? Uh, I now went to a standard, Um, finally. <laughs> <laughs> And the last April one, why are they always April? What I don't know. Because <laughs> April, because I think because April tricks you, because April is the month where you're like, it's spring. It's not spring. It's spring. <laughs> like I got but whipped around so much. Spring solstice was, is like usually in March, right? Yeah, but March in these parts is <laughs> like, <can> rough. <laughs> March is like still snow. I don't expect spring till May, but. April plays you though. Okay. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Speaking of April, <laughs> the last tune that I have is I'll Remember April, written by Jean DePaul, Jean DePaul, Jean DePaul, one of those. <laughs> How French do you want it? They can make it really French or just no French. Jean. Jean, Jean DePaul. Um, now I made him Italian. Anyways, you're living. <laughs> so, um, it's just kind of the similar vibes that everyone has been saying that spring is not only a time for renewal in nature, but it's also like I put a time in for increased faith and love. So it's like, yeah, winter, we were down in the dumps, you know, but the April showers, they're washing away all that gunk and it's time for a new take on love. Anyways, oh, yeah. Uh, I'll remember April goes, your lips are warm and love. Oh my gosh, your lips were warm and love and spring renew. I'm not afraid of autumn and her sorrow. For I'll remember April and you. Oh, it's so good. So I like that it's acceptance too, the the lyric of this. Yeah. Like you're not, I'm not afraid for bum ass autumn. (laughs) 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 But even during that autumn time, we'll remember spring. And that's how I get through my winters in the Northeast. Anyways, you remember Houston? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> or that you know May is just a few months away. 
coming. Yeah. Uh, um, so I said to check out a f- not like same with Up Jump Spring, not a vocal version, but the instrumental version, Winter Marsalis. Um, he has a version on like he has a standards record with his dad. His dad Aww. is on it too. Um the, I feel like the feelings for spring are still heard throughout the, the tune. I said in his solo, you can hear it in the tempo. I forget who's on drums. I really I'm I'm not gonna say anyone's name. So but the way they even like touch the touch of the drums, it's like instead of like there being downward strokes, like everything's so downward situation, like it feels like they're it's like everything is kind of played like with an upward stroke, which is mm. nice. It brings it to like a nice lighter feeling. I don't know. So it was great tempo too. I don't know. It just felt like spring when he over he was playing it. Cool. Um, yeah. Amy, what's your what's your four? My last tune is about rain still um (laughs) if you were the rain written by stephen day um i love this song stephen day is um honestly like really really killing like super super good stuff um he's one of those artists that i'm like surprised he's not uh bigger than he is but um this is like an endearing love song it's so cute it's basically just saying like if you were the rain i would want it to rain all the time but it's got that nice like r&b like it's like just a bop um yeah so i really like this song and check out Stephen day mm-hmm. very cool uh last round for me cranes in the sky by solange so <laughs> Charlie, I love that. <laughs> um, so this isn't like super springy in a, in a way, but I think of it as like a spring thing. So, um, so I thought this song, I took this song like really literally, like mm. the whole time I've heard it, it was just like, I was just like imagining cranes, like birds, like flying in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, like through, <laughs> through clouds and stuff. And, um, and yeah, it, I like I read a bunch of stuff about this in the last couple of days about the, and and listen to there's a really cool like song exploder mm. um, interview with with her talking about making the song recording it and like all the production stuff. But um, so she was saying she was in Miami at the time, like where she goes to, to wow. write a lot of the time. And she was like and she's like, I know that that's kind of like a hopping kind of place, but I went there and it always felt very calming to me and like chill and like we're by the water and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I was like really creative there and like felt like I could write a lot. And she's like, but like literally I'd be like looking around and there was so much like real estate development happening that just like all through the sky, it's just like just cranes, like building buildings and, mm-hmm. um, and just feeling like that all of, all of that like development was kind of just like um like kind of coming in and like kind of crushing her like feeling kind of she's feeling kind of trapped in the song so um but but it's kind of interesting because i think like the song and this you know hearing her talk more too about like this album and everything it was like a really kind of like re- rebirth time for her and like a really kind of like renewal time for her and um you know, just like I, I, it makes me think about like, you know, thinking about like the seasons, how in the winter, 
especially the late part of the winter, January, February, March, like that kind of time where we're just kind of doing all this stuff to try to be like, okay, I'm just going to try to kind of get through this or like whatever, especially if it's like cold and dark and snowy and all of that kind of stuff. You're just like, maybe I should turn the lights on. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to yeah. like kind of get my mind off it and like, and do all that kind of stuff. And that's like, and then there's just this point where you're like, I'm going to, I'm just going to deal with this stuff and I'm going to like actually like get the things that I really need, you know, which, which Aww. for, for me and I think for in this song is like the vibe is kind of like being out in like nature and having like sp- like kind of some more space to stretch out in and just like a peaceful place and and brand yeah. new things and all that kind of stuff. So that's so heavy, Charlie. Yeah. Like giving know. yourself what you really need rather yeah. than the distractions of like because it can help, but they're all band-aids, I think. Like what you you said it well. I just appreciated that. Well, cool. Yeah, but it, you know, it, but it, it's funny. It is funny, like how much we, how much we just need that stuff, you know, as humans. Yeah. Like, I read this article once where it's like the, like living by the water or living like in a wide open space or something is like really evolutionary for us because it's like kind of being able to see the horizon, like mm. touches something like really, like really deep in us, like really old. Mm. So, um. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and then to like try to look to the horizon, and then it just kind of be like covered with stuff. I don't know. I mean, that, that's how it is in Boston too. I mean, that's how it is in all these yeah. big cities. We just went to Montreal, and it's like just cranes everywhere. Yeah. City. But, um, but yeah, it's part. Of, I guess it's like part of the growth or something towards the next thing. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think people do seek it out though, like in cities. I feel like people are always having they they have to have somewhere to go. Yeah, I mean that's why they built Central Park. True. Well, but, Central Park, honestly, thank goodness for Central Park. Yeah, although it's oh. problematic space, but it is. Yeah, historically, it's been kind of yeah. complicated. Yeah. Yikes. Um, but anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about necessarily. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but yeah, true. everyone needs those places of respite to like go yeah. to. That's quiet, like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Some animals. A really friendly podcast about music. Yeah. Oh, oh, guys. Um, the I did a little coda at so that's that was our that's our list for for this um for this season, I guess, for for spring. Those are our songs of spring. Uh yeah. we'd love to hear what you're into, obviously. So let us know. Um read the newsletter and all that kind of stuff. At the bottom of the newsletter, I put this gif of Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be May, like from InSync or whatever. Like it's gonna be me. Isn't that a song? Isn't yeah, it like, is. it's gonna be May. But it's like it's gonna be May, and here it is, <laughs> May first, when we're recording it. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the newsletter this week. That's the four for Friday this week. Amy, do you wanna do you wanna read us out? I would love to read us out. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We so appreciate it. Um, and thank you for supporting us for a music. Remember to like and subscribe. That was so aggressive. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I just had to like, okay. This Remember is to like. Unhinged episode that we've ever done. We're just kind of like. Really and truly. We took one week off and now we've completely forgotten. Things are happening. It's okay. That's okay. We're, we're restarting. We're here. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, remember to like and subscribe, everyone. And just a note that if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it does help us out a lot. And we would love to read and highlight your comments. Um, for more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at 4 Music, And subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com. We really... I have to give it up to Charlie and Alexandria because they're the the editing minds of this. Stop. But we get it. We get it out. I'm just very proud of us that it happens. Like every week we go for it and we do it. So check it out, please. Um, and my mom likes that they're relatively short, everyone. Because <laughs> oh, you can actually read it. Um, and also check out our website at 4imusic.com. Alex, what's our quote for the week? Look before you leap you jump you leap john legend we'll have to ask john legend what he says i say look before you leap you say look before you jump yes amy you're gonna have to be the tiebreaker what have you heard look before you leap it's alliteration so uh, by the way i for, i didn't read my uh, my little signing out of the newsletter this week i was very proud of it i got the little shout out too I said, oh, yeah. yes, you heard what we'll be spinning this spring, but we want to know what songs you'll be tiptoeing through the tulips to let us know in the comments below and from the entire forum. happy spring. Okay. Anyways, we think you're super. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. What's Miranda sing? It's like a YouTube channel. Are you serious? It's the girl that has big lipstick that sings badly. On. I must have been so annoying freshman year. But I would go, oh, hey guys, it's me, Miranda. <laughs> and today, I'm going to teach you how to sing. <laughs> Carly, I'm about to send I don't remember you ever saying that to me. Well, I probably well, got self aware about it. There was a year of my life that I really talked like Miranda half the amount of being myself. <laughs> Seriously. She like took over. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I can improv as Miranda, so it's really, I'm unstoppable.